Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you in part by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Use the promo code SGP at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close? If not, pull the outright upset. Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed, we have put the Super Bowl to bed, and here we are back on the only digital radio show that you really need that focuses in not only on the football, but now the college hoops. We love that, and we've got a ton to talk about as we head towards March coming up. It is Three Dog Thursday. I am the somewhat capable host. Straight ahead, Colby Dan of the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, and the college basketball experience. I can't wait to talk to Colby about some college hoops. Colby, Colby also in uh, Los Angeles, where the Rams have been holding their celebration in front of dozens dozens of Rams fans that were out on the parade route for the Lombardi trophy and the celebration this week. I'll get Colby's lowdown on that, get some college basketball talk going, including some possible Thursday night doggies uh, that he likes. These guys pick every game on the college basketball experience and on uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com for college basketball night in and night out. So I look forward to talking to Colby about that. We'll also kind of peek ahead to Saturday and a couple of the bigger games on Saturday that he might have interest in as well we'll do that straight ahead later on in the podcast vince ferrara here my boy uh, my tampa brother from another mother from knoxville tennessee where the tennessee vols it pains me because i'm a memphis guy you don't you don't have any love for tennessee as we like to say no fruit sucks like the big orange we do not we do not slant towards the big orange but i got to give them credit they beat kentucky earlier in the week tennessee has now won eight games in a row in the sec they did lose a game in that sandwich to texas in the sec big 12 challenge but they've won eight straight sec games vince here to talk about the vols what he saw against kentucky tennessee on the road at arkansas saturday for three dog thursday purposes we'll talk to vince ferrara later on in the show one more quick reminder however you found us whether it's a social media link sports gambling podcast network of shows sports gambling podcast.com follow or subscribe apple podcast google podcast spotify wherever you get podcasts follow us find us we're out on thursday mornings the show will stay relevant through the weekend i promise with plenty of talk about saturday maybe even sunday college basketball all the way through the ncaa tournament and the final four in the big easy in new orleans enough of blathering just to blather yes the super bowl is in the books he is here colby dant the colby d on twitter uh pick dundee that's not a pick this is a pick mate as he always says on the college basketball experience uh good to have you back did you survive the uh the throng of la ram fans that might have totaled more than a drive-through line at a southern california starbucks or maybe not did you survive all of that now that the Rams have won the Super Bowl? How are you, my friend? Oh, man. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I love this show, brother. Um, I, I did some. It reminded me there's a 1950s film with Peter Sellers called The Mouse That Roared. Yes. And 
And yes. and that is a we he comes and attacks New York City and no one notices because it's New York City. That's the way the Rams uh, parade felt. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I, look, uh, yeah, I'm sure it was a great celebration. Look like one of my comedy shows, all right? One of my comedy shows. I'm in a theater and there's like seven people there. Wait, right? wait so, don't sell yourself short. You may have had more at some of your comedy shows than what the Rams had on the parade route headed to to City Hall. Uh, but they, they, hey, look, they deserve credit. They, they can't be, this began obviously when they came and unseated my Buccaneers here in Tampa as the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, and then they exercised the demons of the 49ers having beaten them six straight and had to, had to come from behind to do it in the NFC title game. And then Cincinnati, what can you say? I mean, the Bengals had such a magical last three or four weeks of the, of the postseason and had the lead all the way into the fourth quarter. And then they remembered they were the Bengals again. And the end result is a uh, LA Rams victory, a Super Bowl championship. So there we go. We put, and I'm so sick. Can you just join in with me? I'm so sick about hearing about the officiating at the end of the game. The, the call on Cooper Cup, yet questionable. He's a star player. But what about giving up the fourth down play earlier on the drive on the handoff to Cooper Cup? That's Cincinnati's defense. That's not the refs. What, what about the Bengals have the ball, Colby Dant, with a minute and a half left and two timeouts and only need a field goal? That oh, and I, hate, I hate that, that play call on fourth and one, but look, I will yeah. say this. I will say this to, to just to push back a tiny bit. All right, please. I, I feel like the refs were swallowing the whistle all game and then they jumped on there to me. And, and I hate when I see any game, college basketball, whatever that, that, that refs somewhat have a hand in deeming the outcome. And that's what I thought. Now it's, we could argue this all day. And I, and I still believe that the Bengals had their chance that fourth and one, yes. I don't know why you're passing the ball. Uh, I get Out of the it. Shotgun, yes, by the way. Yes, yes. On so I, I hated seeing that. So in a way, yes, you deserve to lose if you're doing that. But I did. I did think those calls were ridiculous at the end. I did. I really did. But um, especially the pass interference on what the, the third and seven, I think it was. That was right. the one that I was like, whoa, like, come on, man. But uh, it is what it is. I mean, every Super Bowl, you can go back and watch, you know, Super Bowls back in the 80s. And the, I mean, the famous one where. uh uh, the Cowboys Steelers, uh, there's some questionable calls back in the seventies where you could. So, I mean, every right. Super Bowl is going to have those. You got to swallow it and get the dub. I love how you go back in the way back and reference like the Bradshaw Steelers against the Staubach Cowboys and the whole, and the whole bit. And then, you know, we come forward into the eighties where you had like the giants and the, and the 85 bears and the 49ers and all those teams uh, that were dominating. We'll uh, we'll see. I mean, the Rams went all in with the moves that they made and it obviously paid off. They win it. Uh, I can, I can testify though on three dog Thursday, Colby is not in a Rams Super Bowl hat. I don't know if those are already out on discount or clearance or at Goodwill or whatever for two ninety nine. From what Rams fans there are, there's a classic story. Cents, I mean, yeah. There's a classic story I got to tell you. Sean Green, we throw a party here at the SGPN studio. Yeah. Sean Green, Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, he goes to get a uh, order a sub sandwich for the party, and he's here. One of the platters, one of the sandwich yeah, a rings, gigantic you mean, right? platter. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the woman's and he goes, I, I need it for the Super Bowl. And she goes, well, when is the Super Bowl? <laughs> and it happens to be in L.A. This is in Los Angeles involving the Rams. When is the Super Bowl? No idea that they're, they're in the Super Bowl or when the Super Bowl is. Do I have a do I have a couple of days to prepare the uh, the meat tray or not? I mean, uh, <laughs> no, you don't. We need it for this afternoon, for the game, for the game that everybody knows about. Hilarious. Uh, that's probably somebody that can quote everything off of TikTok and Instagram and Wordle while we're at it. I'm writing your own comedy material uh, yeah. right now here on Three Dog Thursday. All right, so the NFL is put to bed. On to the college basketball. I want to have fun with you on, on two fronts and then get into some games potentially. Up at the top, at the upper echelon, we see Gonzaga. We see Auburn, a bit of a surprise that Auburn is up there around the top. Kansas hanging around. Uh, help me if you want to add somebody else, uh, Duke, Villanova, up around the top. Who really stands out to you out of that group, out of the top group? Is it Gonzaga? Is it what Pearl has at Auburn? Is it somebody else? What say you, Colby Dan? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, you referenced this already in the introduction. I was one that, uh, after watching Kentucky's defensive performance at Kansas and at Alabama, not only did I go heavy on the Wildcats at Tennessee, and they made, and I got I looked like a fool. Mm -hmm. I was convinced they were the best team in the nation. They were. I I was convinced 
that two week stretch, I was like, they're playing the best basketball in the nation. Now, after last night, I mean, not only did I don't even know that Tennessee looked that great last night because we I called that game on, on color cast uh, and uh, they they just didn't look in sync. I, like Tennessee looked, they did what they had to do to win the game. I don't want to discredit what Tennessee did, but to me, Kentucky's offense did not look in sync. And and they had long droughts and bat like missing wide open shots. I, I just it made me concerned because early in the year, Kentucky had those same problems, and I thought they barely got by in some of these uh, you know games that I was like, man, this is going to bite them in March. So I, I, now I'm taking a step back. I will say this. How much is the injury to Ty Ty Washington that big of a factor again? Because he was not himself even at the beginning of that game. Are they not a different team? I mean, most teams, when they lose a significant player, it damages them. Clearly, Kentucky's not the same team without that guy. And he was hurt in the Tennessee game. I'm not, ma- I'm not making excuses. It's the truth. They're not the same offensive team without him, right? Uh, well, 100%. And you can see that uh, clearly. I was surprised he even played, to tell you the truth, uh, seeing what I saw on the court. Um but I, I do think, yeah, you got a strong point there, but it made, just, it made me just a little bit concerned, and I, I think you bring up these other teams. The Auburn Tigers are one that the past couple times on the road, uh, I've had concern. Obviously, they lost the Arkansas game, but the time before that, I believe, at Georgia and then at Missouri, they probably yep. should have lost those games. Um, I'm concerned. The jungle is a great home court environment, and, and at, they're, it's great for college basketball. But at the same time, I, I am reluctant to believe, uh, despite I think their team is unbelievably talented, I think I'm concerned about them at a neutral site in the tournament. Um, I'll tell you one that is catching my eye that I think the stats lie to you right now. And and that is the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Mm. Um, I know that uh, you, you traditionally, with, you want a top 20 offense and a top 20 defense. Most of the times that is accurate with your national champion. Uh, well, Texas Tech's got the defensive part down. They're a top, I think they're like the number six or seven defense in the country uh, as of a couple days ago. So the offense is what is the problem. They, they, I mean, sometimes they go through cold spells, but I'll say this. They've had injuries all year. They have, uh, they have, uh, that's what's been so amazing to me about the Texas Tech Red Raiders and Mark Adams. I mean, uh, what, what was it? Uh, Terrence Shannon was out for a while. Uh, Williams was out. It seemed like every game I watched, they were missing a key piece, but yet somehow pulling off this win. So I've been really impressed with them. And I also think they're deep. Kevin O'Banner's like their fifth option. And this guy was a monster in, in March madness, uh, for oral Roberts last year. Right. I think that's going to pay off, you know, having five, six, seven scoring options. Uh, I mean, I guess Santos Silva can't be reliable as a as a as a scoring option but he does get points he's a kind of a rebounder blue collar guy but I, i've been really impressed with their play and i i think them and and another one i want to mention that i think i put right there with uh well i had them right there with kentucky prep before i saw kentucky against Tennessee. was that's the arizona wildcats mm. i love the way they pass the ball i think as far as watching a team offensively now I will say Gonzaga is beautiful to watch on offense. I was about to say you would put them in front by a nose, the Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs. You'd put Arizona in front of them. Well, the problem is, is, is the the WCC. Now the WCC and Pac-12 probably aren't that far off. Right. So I guess I got to give Gonzaga that same benefit of the doubt. It's just different to me. Like when, when, when I watched what Arizona did against UCLA and USC back-to-back games, and then I watched them earlier in the year at Illinois I was really impressed with how crisp they were on offense, how unselfish they were. I actually think those two offenses uh, have looked the best to me all year. They, yeah, okay, you can have a game where Alabama looked good on offense, but they don't—they haven't consistently put it together. Um, I, I really think the Arizona Wildcats could be a team that to watch out for. But Texas Tech, I think, is kind of flying all under right. the radar, and I think the numbers lie to you because they haven't been healthy. Well, and they, they lost that double overtime game to Kansas, but they've got several other important wins. We'll see what Texas Tech has down uh, the stretch. Love Colby Dance insight on a lot of fronts. Give me, a, think about it for a second, a sleeper team. I want you to give me a team that we're not talking enough about right now, two weeks out from the month of March. Maybe not a team necessarily to win it all or even be at the Final Four, but give me a team that we're not talking about enough that we should be, that maybe makes the second weekend, that maybe makes the Elite Eight or better, that's not one of the top Gonzagas, 
uh, Purdue's Duke, Villanova, Arizona, like what we're talking about, Auburn, Kentucky. Do you have one? I, I, I have a couple I could think of. And one, it's going to seem like you brought me on the show and maybe it gave me some money because I think the Memphis Tigers are a team oh, oh, to start, ooh, start watching ooh, out for. Ooh, the alma mater starting to put it together a little bit. At the time that we're taping, they're off of that win over Cincinnati, which, by the way, are you aware of the stat? Would you like to use this in your preview of the upcoming matchup Tigers and SMU? The last time that my alma mater, dot, 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 go Tigers, go, the Memphis state tigers they were still i know you know what i believe that my my uh, diploma became a collector's item this in this season we're talking about the 94 95 season they became the university of memphis so my diploma became a collector's item as memphis state university so um that is the last time that memphis had swept cincinnati in a regular season william jefferson clinton's first term in the white house 1995 you fast forward now 27 years and they complete the sweep with the win the other night over Cincinnati um, in fairness there were a few years where the two of them were not in the same conference because Cincinnati had gone to the Big East and Cincinnati eventually ends up in the American with Memphis but in any event it's been a while it's been so long that the late Larry Finch was the coach my guy uh, from when I was there so now they've won six straight. You're saying Memphis dangerous to be a second. I, I just want them to get in the tournament. We haven't been in the tournament since my twins were like in yeah. kindergarten or in the eighth grade. Well, that's the I thing. I just want them in a tournament. But you we, think they could be a sleeper here, Memphis, a little. I, well, I'm just saying this. Like, to me, they. I was on them beating Houston. I was on them uh, against Cincinnati. And, yes, I, Penny Hardaway, I need to see more. But at the same time, if they get in, which I believe with last night's win, right now, Lenardi's got them in. Now they have to take care of business. They can't afford sure. a bad loss. Sure. Um, if they take care of business and get in, first off, they're going to be like a 12 seed. You know, something. Can you imagine? The other teams are going to get like uh, San Francisco. No disrespect to the Dons. I love their program, but they don't have the talent that Memphis has. You play Memphis, their length, their athletic ability. Uh, I remember Kelvin Sampson a year ago saying he got to the final four and he goes, I think the hardest team we played all year was Memphis. He <laughs> said that. He's on record saying that. So right, to right. me, I couldn't imagine being that five seed. You worked all year and you draw Memphis. That would be a dangerous thing. I also want to keep an eye out on the Marquette Golden Eagles because mm. I know us recently, but I think Shaka Smart doing an unbelievable job there. And I kind of like the character of that team. So keep an eye out for both those teams. I think uh, that, like I said, I don't think Marquette's going to be a final four team or an elite eight team, but I could see them being a sweet 16. And you never know maybe even elite eight if they can get the right matchup. So perfect uh, example, yeah. Colby, Dan, as Colby hangs with me on three dog Thursday is a year ago. And I realized it was a wacky COVID compressed tournament, all in the greater Indianapolis area where everybody was staying there, playing there, totally different fluke thing. We're not going to see it again, hopefully in our lifetimes, but UCLA barely in the field, UCLA losing in their first four game to Michigan state in the second half finds a way to get into overtime and then goes ahead and wins four more games after that to get in the final four. Just get in the hey, dance is hey, your hey, point. And, and there you even, go. even without the fans, we've seen that happen. Uh, VCU made a run to the final four where they were yep. in the first four Syracuse as well. And, and, and we saw Quanzo Martin take Tennessee to the sweet 16 after their first four. Uh, so there's something to that. I think, man. All right. Uh, let's get into it a little bit. So for three dog Thursday purposes, we release on Thursday. You and I do have the lines in front of us at the time that we're taping. I am curious what you think about the Michigan Wolverines tough to figure out so good about a week ago against Purdue blew their doors off at home, turn right around. And I loved this spot for Ohio state coming in as the better team getting a couple of points and Ohio state put it on them. So I knew that one on the front end. Uh, for three dog Thursday purposes. Now we have Michigan as the road team at Iowa as a six point doggy first meeting of the year. These two teams will play in the final game, all things being equal final game of the regular season for the, for the rematch later in the year, uh, Keegan Murray and I, and Iowa at home interested even a little in, in uh, Dickinson and Jawan Howard's Michigan team for three dog Thursday purposes real quick. 
I mean, yeah, I could see them. I, I do think this. We know coming into the year, short of Memphis, I believe Michigan had the number two best recruiting class in the nation. So they are growing up right before our eyes, and it's a little different because Jawan Howard didn't go the transfer route with the exception of the Coastal Carolina point guard Jones. Um, so that that formula hasn't why – why did John Calipari switch that up? That formula has struggled when you just go straight youth. The way to do it, I think, in 2021-22 is to go to the transfer portal, maybe sprinkle some youth in there. Um, and they're learning that the hard way. They are getting better, though. They are getting better, and I know Hunter Dickinson's getting better from three. Um, Iowa's a strange team, I'll be honest. Like uh, They're a hard team to get a read on. You look at the analytics on this, and you say, oh, they're one of the best passing teams in the nation. They, 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 they're great. Uh, their offensive rating's fourth in the country. They, they, they hardly ever turn over the ball. So there's that. But I do think Michigan it, with the points is, is, a, is what I would play. And I do, do think from a talent perspective here, Michigan is the more talented team. Um, so I, I'm, I think uh, I could totally see Michigan pulling off a, a, an upset here. The only thing that scares me here is Iowa had this year, and Keegan Murray's been a great story. They're 13-2 and two at home, while Michigan is just 3-6 and six on the road. Once again, the struggles of the youth, when you, when you, when you go young, you normally struggle on the road, and that you're seeing that with the Wolverines. Um, but look at their past couple uh, performances on the road. You know they they got it done against Penn State. Uh, found a way, found a way to get it done. Uh, and then they had a close outing, six point loss to Purdue. So th- I think the points make sense. the The question is the money line, and they desperately need this win because they are the epitome of a bubble team. I'm gonna. I think I was probably gonna be the team to, that gets the win. But uh, I, I, I do think Michigan plus the points is probably the play. Voice of Colby Dant with me for a few more moments, hanging out on Three Dog Thursday. Love the insight uh, that Colby gives you. Again, the college basketball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. Love his insight. Uh, he's got Patty the C. He's got his brother Nick Dant on that show. Uh, they have guests from time to time. They even, for whatever reason, want some knowledge from me here and there. I will give it to them on the college basketball experience. Find it because they're going over game after game after game, day after day after day to give you betting uh, insight. Also on Thursday night, we alluded to this, St. Mary's off the loss to Gonzaga Back home against the San Francisco Dons, who you've referenced. San Francisco, solid season thus far. Uh, Big win at BYU not long ago. Decisive win at BYU. Now they're on the road at Moraga, California, Northern California. Three-point underdogs. This is a rematch of a game that St. Mary's won by two at San Francisco. How tasty a pooch is San Francisco in this spot? Give me some thoughts, Colby Dant, for Thursday. Oh, this is, I think this is the play. And these are rivals. They reside in the same city. Um, and if you watch the first game, man, if you're a San Francisco fan, yeah, I needed to buy you a drink because this is a team that, that blew it, I think, a 22-point lead. Mm. They're up 17 at halftime. And if memory serves me correct, I was trying to pull that up. I, I, I struggled to get the exact, but I believe they had a 22 or 24-point lead. And they lost the game, TJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to your bitter rivals, that is as bad as it gets. I think that's as bad. You know, this is a rivalry game. So they've had a, this is a veteran team. Um, they've had a chance to, to, I'm sure, you know, live that, that horror story and go back and watch that film. I like this team. Uh, Jamari Bouye or whatever his name is. That guy can play. Uh, yep. I think the Dons can do it. And, and to me, if I'm the coach, I'm reminding them all day, every day that we blew a 24 point lead on our turf. So we better go to their turf and beat them down. I think they're the, they're alive. I, I like them in a better spot than even Michigan. Uh, I think that's the play here. We'll see though, because St. Mary's has kind of been the big brother in this rivalry. They've kind of been the big the big brother for a, a little bit of time here for uh, I'd say the past twenty years. So we will see. And another thing is St. Mary's is seven or is thirteen and zero at home. San Francisco's five and one on the road though, so they know how to get it done on the road. Give me the Dons in an upset special. Again, I'm looking back at the scores. It was 41-24 at the half and 43-26 to early on in the second half. And St. Mary's came back and won the game from 17 down on the road. So revenge for San Francisco could be a play. All right, let's look ahead to Saturday real quick. You're going to be all over these games on your own college experience podcast and picking them and on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. We do not have lines at the time that you and I are releasing Three Dog Thursday. 
We don't have lines, but we do have some Saturday top 25 games that I'm interested in. I know I'm going to talk with Vince Ferrara a little more about Alabama and Kentucky. We were already kind of alluding to Alabama or, or uh, to, to Kentucky, Alabama in a revenge spot, probably going to be a significant underdog uh, in that matchup. A couple of other games, Texas Tech, as you mentioned, you like them. They're playing Texas, a revenge spot for Texas. This is in Austin. Colby, my speculation would be that Texas is probably going to be favored at home, maybe a short one or two point favorite. That is an early 1130 central time game Saturday afternoon. Colby's got to wake up early. That is that is an early 930 a.m. breakfast with the college basketball out on the West Coast. Any thought there on Texas for revenge uh, and Texas tech likely going to be the underdog in that spot. Any, any thought there real quick? I mean, that's a great game. You got two coaches very familiar with each other. Uh, Adams was employed by Chris Beard. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I lean Texas tech though. I mean, look, I get it. This place I'm sure is going to be uh, lit as they say. Uh, and and uh, you know, they, Texas is a team that impressed me. That, that that overtime win against Oklahoma was impressive. They showed poison. They've been getting better, to Chris Beard's credit. Early out the gate, you know, preseason top 10, they didn't look for real to me, but they've gotten better throughout the season. They've started to figure out that rotation because they had like 20 guys coming in from transfer portals that, that uh, were all efficient at their previous stops. Uh, I still lean Texas Tech, though, and my, my main reason is, is they got guys that I trust with the game on the line. They got experience. Now, Texas uh, does have a little bit of that, too, but I still think they're learning how to play together. I like the Red Raiders, but I don't. That's one that I, I do think is going to come down to the final couple possession, final couple possessions. So would not surprise me at all if Chris Beard got the win there. Um, so I, I, I think for upsets, I mean, the Bama one, Bama's a team that just I feel like every time they lace it up, watch out. Jekyll, <laughs> you know Jekyll I mean? and Hyde. I mean, they look fantastic for a game. They beat Arkansas last week. But again, they've they've lost some game. They lose at Missouri. They lose at Mississippi yeah. State. They Davidson. lose it against a against a Davidson team when they open that new arena. They refurbished the arena in downtown Birmingham. It wasn't a home game in Tuscaloosa, but Davidson beat them in that game. But even still, you go backwards and they beat Gonzaga on a neutral floor. Uh, my Memphis Tigers beat them, but they come back home and they beat Baylor after that. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, high. You do not know what you're getting with Alabama. They are the the one that's just absolutely crazy now. Now, can I give you two though that that, that to watch out some. for? Give me some to watch out for for Saturday. Again, we're projecting lines and underdogs. Go. It's all about stakes to me. And there's bubble teams. Then so one of these teams are way outside the bubble, and one is exactly on the bubble. But they had a tough loss at Texas A&M yesterday. I'm talking about the Florida Gators and Colin Castleton. They are hosting the Auburn Tigers on Saturday. Auburn has had struggles on the road the past three times we've seen them on the road. Yes, they beat or, uh, they beat uh, Missouri by one, Georgia by two, and lost at Arkansas. Well, Florida Gators need to get in this tournament, and, and to me, if, if and Colin Castleton's healthy now, I know that was a bad loss in College Station, but there's one way to bounce back and get yourself back into the, the tournament mix, and that is getting that win against the Auburn Tigers. Watch out for the Gators. And then I, I'm, re- I'm more reluctant on this one, but I believe – this place and it will, it will be on fire West Virginia at home against Kansas. Mm-hmm. I get it. West Virginia has been a team that every time I watch them, I go, eh, I just don't like this team, but there's when is a Huggins team ever lost like seven of eight, which is what yeah. they've done. But you think this is maybe snap out of it in the spot, prime time, eight Eastern time in Morgantown, maybe. And, and Kansas probably going to be like a five point favorite, four point favorite on the road. Kansas is not as good as the tradition. Like, I'll be honest. I think Kansas on paper is better than what I've seen. The the performance, it's kind of like Texas in a way. Now, they've had certain games where they came up and they look really good, but they've also had those clunkers. You know, this is a team that, uh, you know, got very fortunate to beat Oklahoma on the road at Oklahoma. Uh, Kentucky waxed them. So there are moments where Kansas looks to me like, I don't know. Uh, Iowa State lost by one in Lawrence. so them going to Morgantown where the, you know, the, there ain't nothing else to do in that town. So they're going to be there. They're going to be there. And uh, by bringing that energy, a chance to beat a top 10 team, I, I would not surprise me. And look, I know we're looking at Huggy Bears team and saying, man, they look bad this year. If they can get some momentum by a big time win against Kansas down the stretch, they play enough quality teams where they could play themselves back into the tournament because the big 12 is that good. 
Well, I don't, I don't, like I said, I'm reluctant to believe they'll be able to win on the road after this game, but I think they could catch the Jayhawks in, in a nice spot there in Morgantown as they burn those couches down. We shall see how that one plays out. Love Colby Dance Insight. Plug away for all your stuff, how we hear you, how we find you on social media, et cetera, with all the knowledge, not just here for Three Dog Thursday, where we're talking underdogs, but they pick favorites, they pick totals, they pick sides. Uh, go ahead, plug away on how they find you uh, uh, through the SGPN and everything that's going on there. I'm at the Colby D on, on, uh, on Twitter and the college basketball experience is at TCE on SGPN subscribe to the college basketball experience on any platform. We also host the college football experience. We talk it year round and we even dropped a college baseball episode futures out there. All right. No MLB people need their baseball fix. And and on top of that, we got the USFL gambling podcast. All right. Look, and that, that, who knew Steve Young, USFL, they're back. You are trying to rival me on how many different podcasts can you have? And I love that about you, a USFL gambling podcast. And you realize, brother, I'm in Tampa Bay where the bandits were such a big deal. When I first moved to Tampa, this is probably a little before Colby Dant was on the planet. When I first moved to Tampa, the Buccaneers had gone horrific, terrible, but the bandits were on fire at that time. So you don't have, you don't have to poke and prod me that much to be interested in the USFL and the USFL gambling podcast here with bandit ball with Jerry Reed, the late Jerry Reed singing bandit ball, do it again. First and 10, do it again. Bandit ball. I love it. So some USFL as part of this too, but especially the college hoops as Friday becomes Saturday, you're going to be previewing all of this stuff for the weekend, depending on when they're hearing us on the college basketball experience, right? Every Saturday morning, too, I do a live broadcast over at the SGP Network, Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter. Uh, I do a live broadcast, Best Bets of the Day, and that is at, uh, what, 8 a.m. On the, on the West, 11 a.m. on the East. And uh, so come join in. That There's that. I'm also calling games on ColorCast, TJ. I'm, I'm trying to take <laughs> your job, man. All right? <laughs> no. Uh, I love but, it. But, so they, yeah, just need to, they need to find the ColorCast app. And go find my man Colby Dant because you're you're uh, doing some some uh, call a, call the game as it's happening and give your insight and your takes and a little play by play, huh? I it's like it. Play by play meets stand up comedy. All right, I've been That's doing stand up for seventeen years. There you go. All right. And he's been working on his L.A. Rams punchlines for all this week. <laughs> Did I see you and Sean Green have got a show coming with your fellow comedians and comedians? Uh, coming soon as well. Plug plug that because the stand up the stand up yes. is a big part of these guys' lives. When are you guys coming back on this? Uh, uh, we got uh, Tuesday at Oracle or- Oracle Tavern downtown LA, and uh, look uh, Tuesday eight thirty p.m. and and this is something we're excited to, to get stand back back stand up back going because you know in LA even though right. Mayor Garcetti is not wearing that mask, TJ. He's not wearing that mask, but he's telling us. Even to, it's though tough. in every suite at SoFi Stadium with every celebrity, not only not only was no one wearing a mask, no one brought a mask to the Super Bowl. But yeah, let's lock everybody else down. But stand up is back, so that's yes. a, that's a good thing for you. We're guys. trying to get it back, man. Magic Johnson's got HIV. He's not even wearing a mask. He's like, fuck it, right? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you got to do on uh, on that. I love it. Uh, all right. Outstanding stuff. Uh, the Colby D on social media. Thank you for the underdogs. Again, take a look at Michigan against Iowa. He's stronger, though, on San Francisco uh, against St. Mary's Thursday night, getting points in revenge for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I always love this. Promise me that we can do this again when we roll around to March. we got plenty of college basketball to talk about in March. Thank you for hanging on Three Dog Thursday, Colby Dan. Great stuff. Uh, anytime, my friend. And look, I got my brother, NC Nick. We got to get him on here one of these days talking, talking upsets. Absolutely, we need to do that. We will continue on some SEC talk with my buddy Vince Ferrara from Knoxville. The balls, the big orange looking good. We'll talk about that, the conference, and preview some of those Saturday games a little bit more as we continue. But first, we're brought to you in part by WinBet, which is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, 
and New York. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need. And don't forget about all the props available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. The best part is you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for WinBet each hour Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During that WinBet win hour, marquee games the week will have better odds on WinBet to give you an even larger payout opportunity. So you can sign up now even if you miss Thursday and you get the special offer to bet $10 to win $200. Download Bet and Win. Download that WinBet app now and visit wynnbet.com to start winning. So again, whatever the props are, and I love Aaron Donald as the guy to maybe win the MVP, getting fantastic odds there. I also like things like Cooper Cup to get over uh, 100 receiving yards and maybe parlay that uh, with a touchdown. I think Joe Burrow uh, will also have a couple of touchdowns in this game on that prop as well. Mix and match with WinBet. Offers are subject to change. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to winbet.com and you must be 21 or older and present in the state where to play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And remember, with WinBet, you download, you bet, you win. W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app, create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with StableDuel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. January was PropSwap's biggest month ever as bettors from all across the country cashed their Super Bowl futures like Jamie from New York, who sold a $100 25-to-1 Bengals ticket for the Super Bowl for a 1000 bucks. The buyer got great odds, and Jamie made 10 times the money that he bet on that futures bet on Cincinnati. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Manscaped. I'm excited to announce that Manscaped has launched their ultra-premium collection, believe it or not. It's not for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for everyday men, and it covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off with the free shipping code SGP. And look, we know that Manscaped has the lawnmower 4.0 that is precise at trimming below the waist. 
They, they also, though, have this advanced skin-safe technology, and it reduces your cuts in the most delicate areas. Well, now you can enhance all of your grooming with this ultra-premium collection. It includes premium deodorant, hydrating body moisturizer, body wash, two-in-one shampoo conditioner, plus a free gift of a three-pack of lip balm that is made up with ingredients like vitamin E, peppermint, eucalyptus, etc. You get four products and a gift in the ultra-premium collection. What a big-time score and all of the products. Again, guys, you hop in the shower, scrub a dub, Dub the body with the Manscaped body wash. Lather up the hair with the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Dry off and use the hydrating body moisturizer. Use the Manscaped deodorant. Put on the lip balm and you are ready to go. Get the ultra premium collection. It's hot off the shelves. And right now get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code SGP at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off with our promo code SGP at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Yes, as promised, I always love getting the, the wisdom, the insight, the knowledge. And uh, to, whenever I get a chance, talk with a guy that comes from the area where I am in West Central Florida, a Tampa brother from another mother, as I always say, about Vince Ferrara. He is with 99.1 FM, the sports talk station the sports animal in Knoxville, Tennessee. And oh, 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 looky here. Tennessee Volunteers on a roll uh, as they defeat the Kentucky Wildcats and not just defeat them, but beat them decisively in a revenge game. And Vince is hanging here right now on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Once again, welcome back. Good to have you. Good occasion to have you back. SEC basketball looking good. Tennessee Big Orange looking good. How you feeling? Yeah, really good. That was such a loud atmosphere inside Thompson Bowling Arena. I do the halftime stats on the Vol Network. And then obviously from our perch uh, in, uh, in Thompson Bowling where the media sits, it was incredibly loud, sold out. And then obviously they hate Kentucky. So <laughs> there were chance before it was all said and done of just like football and many other things like the overrated stuff, which I think is one of the dumber fan chance that you can do but that's another podcast but no it was it was electric last time this team uh has now won eight straight sec games they do have one loss kind of mixed in there to texas in the big 12 sec challenge so the the logical question as it manifested itself and a lot of people saw that game on tuesday night that follow college basketball events why is this vol team playing this well right now put your finger on a thing or two well it started with the last loss in conference play. And that was the embarrassment at Rupp where they were honestly punked by the Wildcats. And they had a players only meeting after that. They really refocused on the team versus maybe some individual goals. Uh, I think their culture took it, went to another level of team first, and then they upped their physicality as well. That has certainly helped them. And you're starting to see the results of that in a lot of specific parts on the court. The physicality allows them to stand up to Oscar Sheway and LSU when they snapped a four-game losing streak to Will Wade. Teams that thought that Tennessee was soft and tried to bully Tennessee around, you'd see Tennessee start to stand up for itself. You'd see guys getting in scrums and saying, no, 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 we're not doing this. We are are here to fight. And, it, you know, you saw even in the Kentucky game last night, TJ, what it was a close back and forth game early on until the double technicals in the skirmish at the end of that Kentucky bench, mm -hmm. where I don't know why that strength and conditioning guy 
is keeping Tennessee players from getting to Fulkerson, who was down. And then Tennessee players kind of like were slightly trying to shove them out of the way so they can get to their guy. But that woke Tennessee up. But, well, I don't want to say maybe waking isn't, isn't fair, but it kind of took their intensity up an even greater notch. And it was already up there to begin. So those fundamental things in coming together have led to the better results. Another thing, because they're so much more engaged, is you see them aggressive. They'll try to get out and transition more often when, they, uh, when those opportunities present themselves. Offensively in the half court, they have more urgency. You see crisp passing. You see guys cutting to the basket, moving without the basketball. They were sort of in this lull and looking like they were hesitant and didn't want to mess up before. And I think Rick Barnes and this staff kind of reached the guys and they came together and said, all right, we got to play loose. We got to play aggressive. Now it's more fun. They're starting to get better shots in the half court. They've been really good defensively all year, but they've actually taken it up to another level during this win, win streak also. There's more things, TJ. Uh, honestly, this team has transformed in a lot of ways, but I think so, those are a couple of the core reasons why they've had better results. And they are coming on at the right time. You want yeah. to be peaking heading to that M word, the month of March. Uh, how much do we credit Rick Barnes for what you were describing, putting this team uh, together, sticking with lineups that work, getting younger players uh, involved as well as the veterans to buy in. How much do we credit the veteran coach that's been six? Hey, look, he's been successful everywhere he's been. And even in three different versions of orange, Vince Ferrara, as you know, got Clemson <laughs> yep. orange, Texas burn orange, and now Tennessee big orange. If it's an orange, Rick Barnes is getting it done. <laughs> Yeah, and Tennessee fans would argue that burnt orange at Texas is actually brown. That's what they like to say <laughs> around here. You can debate that all you want. But anyway, I, I do think Rick Barnes deserves some credit for it for a couple of reasons. One is he, uh, he has gone to different lineups. You mentioned that. And he's gone to a smaller lineup, which has been Tennessee's best lineup, and now during the stretch, they've gone to it more often and to close out ball games. So knowing that that lineup will work is good. Another thing is not rushing some of their young freshman post players. Brandon Huntley Hatfield, when Olivier Cumwell went down, and that was a loss for them. And another sort of crazy thing that they had to deal with during this win streak in the middle of it, they've had to change. And they're they're, he was their best post scorer. He was playing his best ball. And now suddenly he's likely gone for the season. Now they've had to adjust. And what they did is they put their five-star freshman and Brandon Huntley Hatfield into the starting lineup. He's done okay. He hasn't set the world on fire. But the players went to Rick Barnes and said, hey, Brandon is ready for this. Put him in the starting lineup. And so what did Rick Barnes do? Like a great coach, he listened to his players. And that's part of what you have to credit Rick Barnes for in knowing his team, knowing what buttons to push, and knowing when to let them make some of those decisions when they're in the mix. Another thing he's done is not rushed. Another talented post that you saw be a big factor in that Kentucky game in 6'11", Jonas Adews from North Carolina, People are like, well, what, what, you know, when they're struggling in the post, why aren't we seeing a do where is a do what's Barnes doing? Right. He, he missed most of the preseason. And so he was way behind everybody else. There was like four guys ahead of him, So they didn't rush him. Well, now that come went down their are minutes available. They've seen him turn the corner and practice build up his minutes and he played, he had a career high 18 minutes last night and he was ready for prime time. He gives them the shot blocking that they didn't have before. So those are sort of the little things along the way that Barnes deserves credit for the players though, deserve a big chunk of that pie for making this work and policing themselves and elevating their game as they've had to evolve as the season has gone on. Love this guy's inside. He punches the right buttons. He's Vince Ferrara. The sports animal is the sports station in Knoxville, and Vince is all over at 99.1 FM. You find him on social media at Vince Sports. Does a great job with the Vols Network and their coverage. 
uh, of uh, Tennessee football and basketball and even baseball, which will be starting soon enough. But we got him here talking hoops and talking about this conference. And Tennessee has done well. I mean, you look at that. There are three SEC teams midweek right here that are in the top 10 of the net ranking from the NCAA. This is not SEC football. There are five total teams from the Southeastern Conference that are in the top 30 of the net rankings. I think it is fair to say this is at least a six-bid league, Vince. You agree with that? This, there's probably six, and there may even find a way, depending on what happens, Florida, et cetera, bubble team. There may be a seventh team that gets in from this league. What do you think? I definitely think six, maybe a Mississippi State. Florida, to me, does not look like an NCAA tournament team where they played earlier this week. I, I, I would be surprised if Florida is able to win enough games because they're going to have to do some th- damage in Tampa at the SEC tournament. Sure, there'll be some fans there, but their offense is just woeful right now. So, yes, they're in the conversation at least right now, but they've got to completely change and get better. Mississippi State, I guess, is within range. Definitely six. I do think with now having some final four contenders and maybe even some elite eight or sweet 16 type of contenders in Tennessee and and Arkansas, who knows what you're going to get from Alabama with as high and as low as they are. I mean, I think the SEC is the best conference and you could see them with the most teams standing at the end. But that win last night for Tennessee, you mentioned in the net ranking, that gave Tennessee a fifth quad one win. And yes, Tennessee is solidly in the tournament, but they're trying to move up seeds. That's kind of what I think the best thing that Tennessee needs to play for right now. Yeah, they love to win the SEC regular season title. Still a couple games back of Auburn, although they do get Auburn at home with Bruce Pearl later this year. Mm. But you want to get off of that four line, TJ. You want to avoid those one seeds as far and as late in the tournament as you can. So if they can continue to play well, maybe be at least one or two more of these really good teams on their schedule, I think you, you can get into that three-seed range. But all their losses, all six of their losses are to quad one. And if they were to beat Auburn, TJ, and the, the projected one seed stay the same, Tennessee would have wins over three of the four one seeds. Kentucky, and and uh, Kentucky, uh, Arizona is the other team I couldn't think of, and mm-hmm. then potentially Auburn with Gonzaga being the other one. I don't know that anyone would be able to say that. Well, yeah, and, and you you do go this time of year by whom have you beaten in terms of not only getting in but where are you seated? The who does matter, and let's morph that into Saturday. So there are no SEC games as we release the podcast on Three Dog Thursday for Thursday night. Again, at the time that Vince and I are taping, we don't know the Wednesday results, so we're just going to move on to Saturday uh, in this case. Give me an idea here of of what you think in a couple of these matchups. For example, Alabama rematching Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky now off the loss. Uh, Alabama, like you said, go figure. They they have been really good at times this year, beating the likes of Gonzaga, beating the likes of Baylor, uh, a couple of other uh, big wins there uh, as well, uh, including beating Arkansas last weekend. So you don't you're not quite sure what you're going to get. You're going to get an angry Kentucky team. We don't have a line in front of us, so we don't know this, but I believe Kentucky's probably going to be like a six point favorite, five six, maybe even bigger point favorite what is your thought that's an early Saturday game what is your thought on that one is this Kentucky angry bouncing back smacking Alabama again like they did in Tuscaloosa well I think you do typically see Kentucky bounce back I think with as talented as they are this year I would expect a bounce back performance here's the thing though is Ty Ty Washington re-aggravated that injury yeah he started in the game when he was supposed to be questionable he he played but you could tell he wasn't 100 percent and then Really didn't see him for most of the second half. What's his status? Is he going to try to go? Is he going to be limited? Uh, are they going to sit him out and try to think long term? Kentucky is much different when they're not 100%. Doesn't mean they're not still good, but they are one seed good when they're 100% healthy. You see them be a little bit more back to the pack when they're not 100%. Late in that game, you saw Wheeler fall and grab his wrist. 
Uh, Toppin wasn't hundred percent going in. He was a question mark. So uh, I think, I think you will see a better Kentucky performance, but Alabama is not going to get the best Kentucky. The thing is it's a, it's at Rupp. So Kentucky dismantled Alabama or handled them pretty well in Tuscaloosa. Alabama's only two and four on the road this year. So I would still favor Kentucky in that matchup, even though you've seen one team already kind of get the uh, revenge factor against the Wildcats. And that team was Tennessee earlier in the week. We'll get to the Vols game with Arkansas for Saturday as we talk with Vince Ferrara here in that plug-in. Auburn, very interesting. Again, they've been the number one team in the country, but they have had some trouble on the road, including a recent loss at Arkansas that snapped, what, their 18 or 19-game win streak. But a narrow win for them over Georgia, a narrow win by one point over Missouri. Now they go to Florida. And again, we don't have it in front of us, but I believe Auburn's going to be like a six-point favorite, maybe even seven or eight point favorite at Florida. I know you kind of poo-pooed on the Gators. I'm no Gator. You know this about me. I never went to the yeah. University of Florida. I, I live in a big Gator haven in, in the Tampa Bay area. But yeah. something says to me they may bow their back against an Auburn team that has had trouble on the road putting teams away by margin. They're all close games. Vince, do we eyeball the Gators as a possible underdog Saturday with Auburn at home Saturday afternoon? Well, yeah, I think it's within range. I think you could see that. We've seen bigger upsets in the league. We've seen worse teams in Florida, Georgia, Missouri, play Auburn tight. And so a lot of this sort of pressure in close games has been since Auburn became the number one team in the country. Also, Jabari Smith's numbers have come down some in the last. So things to look at, obviously, uh, they're, they're playing, uh, they still have a lot of, of weapons and they're still so good, but I, I don't think they're quite as sharp as they were when they got that one seed. So it is within play, but look, Auburn's played these close games against these lesser opponents. Auburn has still found ways to win. So I would still favor Auburn on the road. I know Florida's better at home as they should be than on the road, but I, I still think Auburn has too many ways to win unless it's a, a low scoring type of one possession game. I, I don't see Florida having the offense to keep up with Auburn when, when they get so hot and streaky, I, I still would favor the Tigers. We'll see if the Florida big man Castleton has something for Wade Kessler, the big man of Auburn. Uh, we'll be entertaining on that matchup. And that kind of leads us into as uh, Vince has again, got great insight out of the Knoxville radio market, Tennessee, Arkansas, which again, Eric Musselman's done a tremendous job with that program. This game at Arkansas, Tennessee, probably going to be the underdog by at least three or four points. Maybe again, we don't have the line, maybe as much as five or six, the, the Vols might be a tasty dog in this spot, too, here against Arkansas. Give me a quick preview thought here on what we're looking for Saturday afternoon. Well, first of all, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. They're expecting it to be sold out. And as you know, and many listening that are and watching that are basketball fans, that's a great venue, uh, high-volume fan base. So that will be something they'll have to deal with. Probably the toughest road atmosphere they've faced all season maybe outside of Rupp. So that will be one thing. The other thing is Arkansas is good in a lot of areas. They won a game earlier this year against South Carolina where they didn't even hit a three, and it snapped a long streak of consecutive games making threes. But they're good. They're efficient offensively, defensively, on the boards. Note is a player of the year candidate. So they got a lot of different ways to beat you. I'm a big Eric Musselman fan. I, I think he's a excellent coach. So maybe they don't wow you in one specific area, but they're very good across the board. So that will be tough and we'll see, you know, what, uh, what Tennessee does that they've, they've limited those stretches offensively TJ, where they go four or five minutes without scoring. And those used to happen every game. Now during the streak happened a little bit, every, you know, every other game, but they've been able to overcome it. And now because of that togetherness and toughness they're playing with, they're able to have an answer after that. Whereas those four or five minute stretches would kind of bleed over and have a domino effect. And, you know, they wouldn't be able to fully snap out of it 
Now they can, and they've been able to get some road wins under their belt as well. So absolutely, Tennessee is a live dog in this game. We'll see, you know, what that line will be. Um, if Tennessee can win this, it'll be the first of two meetings here in the last couple of weeks of the season. I was just it's going gonna, there. The last game yeah. of the year is at home with Arkansas. Yep. Follow up. Keep going. It, it'll, it'll set them up to really have a terrific resume. They'll be favorite in all the other games, except for perhaps Auburn at home. Bruce Pearl has a six game win streak against Rick Barnes in Tennessee. Mm. <laughs> so that you talk about Thompson Bowling Arena being, you know, jacked up, they will be ready, especially if the Vols continue to play well leading up to that game. So it sets up nicely, but man, this is the one. This is another test in front of the Vols. So certainly, I think they got a shot in Fayetteville Saturday. All right. We love all of this. And at the risk of, of getting the audience so nauseated talking SEC, this again, it's worth <laughs> noting they got five teams in the top 30 of the net and three in the top 10 here to keep an eye on this for underdog purposes. The real question before we get out of here, Vince Ferrara, is if you make mm -hmm. your way down here to Tampa Bay for the SEC tournament, which was here on one previous occasion for the men's tournament in 2009, and, uh, and by the way, I worked some play-by-play -play nationally on Sirius XM of that tournament, including Tennessee and Auburn in a semifinal game that I believe Tennessee won and then ended up losing the championship game, as it turns out. Um, if you are getting down here, uh, are you buying the Carmine's Cuban sandwich and the black beans and yellow rice? Am I buying that? <laughs> we got to go get the, the Tampa Cuban sandwich or whatever. What, what's the update here? Because you're not used to spending a March in Tampa for the SEC <laughs> basketball. It's usually like Nashville, maybe Atlanta, sprinkle, yeah. sprinkle in a, another southeastern city like Birmingham or something. But Tampa Bay, Vince Ferrara right up the alley, the homeland. Yeah, normally when I come down to Tampa, it's over the holidays or Tennessee's in a Florida bowl game, something like that. But it, it'll be fun to, to do it in March. And yes, I will buy the Carmine's or any Cuban sandwich because, look, I'm getting free food, my, free Mama Ferrara's home-cooked meals. Right. So right. I, can, I can dig in the wallet for a time or two for my guy, TJ. All right, so that's that's good. That's potentially lunch date or something that week with all the basketball at the downtown home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's a lot of good mojo in that building right now, Vince Ferrara, two times to defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. And now for somebody, they're going to get crowned an SEC basketball champion in that building uh, for this go-around. We'll see what happens uh, for that. We do know this, Tennessee Vols, Arkansas Razorbacks, Saturday afternoon, a lot of good SEC games, again, with Alabama, Kentucky, Auburn at Florida to check all of it out. Vince, tell them all about where they find you on the station, your social media, et cetera, as you're talking more and more about Tennessee. Go. Yeah, I appreciate it. Just one quick thing. These two teams that are playing Saturday in Fayetteville, Tennessee and Arkansas, will be two of the bigger fan bases represented in Tampa. Outside of, of course, Kentucky, Kentucky which will right, right. Good to know the bar and then Florida as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Vince sports, V I N C E sports tons on the Tennessee volunteers, but expand beyond with NFL sec and a lot more call Tennessee baseball. I'm the number two play by play guy and analyst that starts this Friday are all of our mm. game broadcast stream at utsports.com or on their game day app. Our radio broadcasts will start in a month once we get into conference play. Uh, By the way, Tennessee yep. Vols, who were in the college baseball World Series last year with Vince Ferrara on the call. I'm jealous of you for a lot of reasons, not the least <laughs> of which is you've I've never been to a college World Series in Omaha. You got to be there. You got to call it a year ago. So this Vol baseball thing, they're not messing around there either while, while he's promoting that. Keep promoting. Keep going. Yeah, that's right. Paisan coach and Tony Vitello has been Amazing. Hey, I don't have scoreboard over you in, in broadcast media <laughs> stuff very much. So I'll take the ones I can get there, TJ, uh, with, with your versatile and great career you've had. But yeah, uh, all, you can stream the games as well when we're on the radio, 991thesportsanimal.com. That's where we have tons of content, all our podcast videos, everything like that. And then all social media accounts, same as my Twitter handle, Vince Sports. If you want to check out all my broadcasting work, it's vincesports.net. You can hear samples, audio, video, all that kind of fun stuff on my broadcast website. 
And Vince wants everybody to know publicly when Bruce Pearl and Auburn come in, likely number two, maybe even number one in the country uh, for that game a week from Saturday, he does not have tickets. He is not ticket master. Right. He does not. You're just putting that out there now. I'm just having, I'm helping you. I'm aiding you that you do not have tickets for that one because it is going to probably be a hard sellout with the former Vols coach, the outstanding yep. Auburn team. That's going to be some atmosphere as well. Uh, you got to play Arkansas first, though, and get back around right. to that in a couple of weeks. We'll see what happens uh, on that. Vince, I always love the insight, my friend. I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing you hopefully here in Tampa SEC Basketball Tournament Week, the second weekend in March as well. Keep up the great work with 99.1 FM, the sports animal. Thank you for hanging, as always, Wolf Wolf, on the Three Dog <laughs> Thursday podcast. We'll see about the Vols as an underdog against Arkansas, see what happens uh, in that matchup. Thank you, my friend. Great stuff as always. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate you helping us out during the football season with the Bucks run. There we go. Love Vince's insight and everything that he brought to the table about the SEC all the way back at the beginning of the podcast. Thank you as well to Colby Dant of the, uh, the SGPN show, the College Basketball Experience. As again, we gave you some underdog insight, not just for Thursday, but also for Saturday's games as well. I don't know that I go along with West Virginia against Kansas. Maybe he's on to something, though, with that. I do go along as we were talking with Vince uh, here just recently, and Colby was talking about it at the beginning of the podcast. I do go along with Auburn could be in for, in for it. Uh, and the Florida Gators, again, I don't have that line. You may have that line now, and you will as Friday becomes Friday afternoon. Is Florida getting like six or seven points at home against Auburn? I know coming off a loss as well, maybe that's a spot there for the uh, for the Gators, and I didn't go to the University of Florida. What about my Memphis Tigers? Are they going to be an underdog? Probably so, like four or five points to SMU on Sunday. If Memphis wins that game, it is seven straight wins, and Memphis is now in the NCAA tournament picture. They are fully in the at-large picture if they can get that win on the road after beating Houston and Cincinnati earlier on the road. Road wins are valued as more, and these would definitely be big ones. Uh, for the Memphis Tigers if they can get them. All right, so for now, we're done. We've got the college hoops coming this weekend. Again, thanks to Vince Ferrara, Colby Dant for being with me. Thank you for being with me as well, however you found the show. Social media link, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Whether you uh, have subscribed, you need to be subscribing. Find us, follow us, search Three Dog Thursday. Wherever you get podcasts, follow and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get them. And we come your way on Thursdays. We're relevant through the weekend, all the way through the madness of March and the final four upcoming. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy all the underdog activity this weekend. We're back next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.